Happy holidays, everyone, and welcome back to 12 Days Pod. I'm Kara Zelaya, and I'm joined here with my co-host, partner, fiance, and my favorite viral Christmas toy, Dan Takaki. Wow, your favorite viral Christmas toy. Yeah. I can't believe it. I know. I didn't know. Tickle me Elmo who? <laughs> not, not me. Not you. Not me. If you're new here, this is our holiday season podcast. One that is so seasonal that it is only relevant for 12 weeks of the year, which is how long Christmas is meant to be celebrated. That's right. Also, did you know Bluey is going to be in the Thanksgiving Day Parade this year? (gasps) Oh, it's a big big get. It's a big get. Wow. He's not even American. Bluey wasn't at my birthday party. No, he wasn't. And he's not coming to your 30th birthday. What? I know. Well, he's busy. You still got a week. Oh, no. He told me he can't come. Rats. We love Christmas, and we love Christmas movies, so we're here to talk about some of our favorites and some of our not-so-favorites for no reason other than to have a good time. So, let's get into it. Dearest Daniel, what are we talking about this week? So, this week, we're taking a look back at our annual bad movie. (laughs) Which is to say we're watching Jingle All the Way, starring... Arnold Schwarzenegger himself as the titular all the way. This is a weird movie that neither of us had seen before. So let's just jump into it. Carol, what did you think this was going to be about? I thought that Arnold and Sinbad were best friends and that it was two men and a baby, basically. Right. We should mention also that the comedian slash actor Sinbad is in this movie. Yeah, he's in this movie. (laughs) One of the other things that we knew about it going into it because we looked it up. And I thought this would just be bros being bros hanging out to give the kids a good Christmas. And I thought that this movie was going to be good and only a little offensive. Yeah, it it definitely had some offensive moments. Sure. Some, some, not like a blue moment, more just like, I'm like, that's kind of culturally insensitive. Yeah, yeah, there was a couple of those. I have not seen, I think, any Arnold Schwarzenegger movies except Kindergarten Cop, and I haven't seen that since I was, like, 12. Really? You've never seen Twins? I've never seen Twins. Wow. I've never seen The Terminators. So I'm really going into this fresh. Wow. I've seen a lot of Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. That's so... not surprising. No. They're like the ultimate dad treadmill movies. Yeah. What about you? What did you think this movie was going to be about? You know, I thought Arnold was a divorced dad who has the kids for Christmas. And that Sinbad's role in this was that he was the stepdad. And they'd have to compete for the kids' love, and they live in the same town. So it'd be like kind of a Christmas war between the two dads. Gotcha. Not a bad thought. Uh, I also thought that the kids didn't like either of them, which I was right about. (laughs) That's it? That's all you thought? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I, I really didn't have that many thoughts about this. It was a 90s Christmas movie starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. I didn't think it was going to be that deep. Yeah, and it wasn't. No. So good thought. Yeah. All right, so let's get into the meat and potatoes of this episode. What was this movie about? Not a lot, to be honest. (laughs) So Arnold Schwarzenegger plays a character named Howard Langston, and he is a bad dad. Mm. He's not around much. He's like a businessman and misses his kid's karate tournament before Christmas. Boo. This is based in Minneapolis, or St. Paul, the Twin Cities, if you will. Wow. You're familiar. I am familiar. You've been there. So... Howard, to try to make it up to his son Jamie, 
asks him what he wants for Christmas, and he'll get him whatever he wants. And Mm -hmm. Jamie, of course, wants the Turbo Man action figure for Christmas. And the movie, I should say, opens with a pretty long scene from a TV show called Turbo Man. That was like all the Turbo Man stuff was the best stuff. Yeah, it opened and ended with Turbo Man, and that that was all really good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, he wanted a Turbo Man action figure for Christmas, and... This was the most popular toy for Christmas. At this point, Howard was already supposed to have gotten it for him because his wife had asked him to get it weeks ago. Mm. And uh, he didn't because he forgot. And so now it's Christmas Eve and he has to spend the day running around Minneapolis to try and find this gift. And hijinks ensue. I also want to point out that, as I mentioned, I had not seen a lot of Arnold movies. Arnold's looking great. Oh, yeah, he looks great. He is not a good actor. Oh, he's a terrible actor. Terrible actor. He's so bad. I can't believe how bad he is of an actor. It seems like almost all of his lines have been dubbed by himself (laughs) in somehow a worse accent. It's rough. Just like 80 art. Yeah, it's not good. So he was supposed to have bought this gift weeks ago, and he's running around town trying to find it, where he runs into Sinbad. Sinbad, who plays a mailman, is also trying to get his kid this toy. And the whole first two-thirds of this movie is them fighting and running around to all these different toy stores and to the Mall of America to try and find this toy, but to no avail. They run to the Mall of America and try and win some, like, weird toy lotto with bouncy balls. And Arnold ends up attacking a little girl over a bouncy ball. Oh, yeah. It's weird. They go to a bunch of toy stores. They get laughed at by a bunch of people. One of the one of the people who works at the toy stores is Dr. Leo Spichemin from oh, yes. 30 Rock. Also, while all this is going on, there's another dad in the neighborhood played by Phil Hartman. Oh, yeah. Can I say? Yeah. It never hit me before. I grew up loving Phil Hartman, but mm-hmm. like Phil Hartman was basically like 90s Stephen Colbert. A little bit, yeah. You know? Like yeah. he had Stephen Colbert vibes. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. But yeah, so he's playing this character who, you know, he's like playing off as this like helpful, always around guy trying to like... Get uh, it in with the mom. Yeah. He's trying to make moves on Howard's wife, Liz, who's played by Rita Wilson, and... It's gross, and she shuts him down, but is also still mad at Howard for screwing up their son's Christmas. There's all these things going on throughout the movie. Hijinks, none of it really matters. Also, though, Howard has several run-ins with the police. That's kind of a recurring thing that goes on in this movie. So, as is tradition, I'm just going to list off the times that he runs into the police. Love it. The first time he runs into the... And it's the same police officer, too, that he keeps running into. Sure. He gets pulled over when he's late to his kid's karate tournament. And he tries to, like, finesse his way out of it, and it doesn't work. He also backs into the police officer's motorcycle at one point and and breaks a mirror, and that annoys the police officer. He almost gets arrested in a weird mall Santa present smuggling ring. Yeah, that was another thing that happened, huh? Yeah, it's like there was a scene where he was at Mall of America trying to get a Turbo Man, and the mall Santa was like, hey... I can help you out. You got to come with me, though. And he goes with this mall Santa who puts like a bag over his head and takes him to a warehouse outside of the city. And there's this whole like underground bootleg Santa (laughs) present ring. And they're all like knockoff toys that they're giving away and collecting. He tries to give him a, a Turbo Man. It's like, here you go. That'll be like $500. Sure. And Arnold's like, well, can I see the toy? Because it's already wrapped up. He's like, no. And so he opens it and it's broken. And yeah. it's also in Spanish. Like all of the all of the voices. Same. 
Me too. <laughs> Broken and in Spanish. <laughs> Broken and in Spanish. <laughs> And then the last time for now that he runs into the police is there's a radio show that's doing a contest to give away a Turbo Man action figure. And so he and Sinbad run to the radio station to try and basically steal this toy from the radio host. The radio host doesn't have the toy on him. And so he calls the police and Sinbad, the mailman, says that he has a bomb on him because... He said one in yeah. one in five packages going through the mail are bombs, which is a crazy statistic to try and throw out first off. And you know, then you can tell this is a pre-9-11 movie for a lot of reasons. Yeah, yeah. But there was actually a bomb in one of the bags and they didn't realize it. And so uh, he uses the fake bomb slash real bomb as a distraction and runs away. Hmm. In the third act, Howard is getting chased down by the police, and he is on his way to the Christmas parade where he's supposed to meet Jamie and his wife. And when he tries to hide, he gets mistaken for the actor who is supposed to play Turbo Man in the parade. And we knew there was no way Arnold Schwarzenegger was going to be playing this dad and then not dressing up or becoming Turbo Man. Like, the whole movie is leading up to that. Yeah, this is in my notes, but I think they thought of the idea of dressing Arnold as Turbo Man and then wrote the rest of the movie. A hundred percent. They were like, okay, so what if we had Arnold be in a Christmas parade, but we can't have him as Santa. So what if we had him as a superhero? Right. And then they wrote the rest of the movie from that. 100%. That's what happened. So when he's Turbo Man, he's in the parade on a float. And one of his jobs is he gets to pick a kid to get a Turbo Man action figure. And it's like a limited edition, super cool Turbo Man action figure. And so obviously he picks his son, Jamie, out of the crowd. And Jamie jumps up onto the float, gets the toy, hugs Turbo Man because he can't realize that it's his dad, even though it's like the top half of his eyes are covered and it's clear and the bottom half of his face is there. Also, it's Arnold. So his so voice, his is voice just is very out here. distinctly. Yeah. Anyway, Jamie's a kid, doesn't realize it and just thinks he's Turbo Man and he gets the toy. But Sinbad dresses up as the villain of Turbo Man and jumps onto the float and tries to take the toy from Jamie. And Jamie runs away. Sinbad chases Jamie to the roof of a building where he almost falls and dies off of a large light display. And then his dad in his flying Turbo Man suit, because this is a functional parade Turbo Man suit (laughs) for some reason, uh, is able to save Jamie and everyone cheers. This is the best part of the movie. Yeah, this is a great, it's a little bit long. It's a little, it's a little bit longer than I expected it to be. It's about 15 minutes of this parade in Turbo Man. Yeah, but it's good. It's better than the middle chunk. Only the Turbo Man stuff is good. Yeah, no, 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 for sure. So Jamie is saved by his dad, realizes that his dad is Turbo Man. Rita Wilson, his wife, is like, wow, you're really there for your son. I don't want to divorce you. <laughs> uh, and then Jamie decides, I'm going to give the toy to Sinbad so his son can have a Turbo Man doll because my dad's Turbo Man and that's all I need. And the movie ends happily. And that's it. That's the movie. It's it's not as bad as I expected it to be, but it is pretty bad still. So as time has passed, I don't remember it being that bad. Sure, right. I think the the middle, the second act, I would say, runs really, really long. Mm-hmm. I don't think this movie is particularly funny. Yeah, it's not. And also the Phil Hartman stuff is like problematic. Yeah. That said, I think the 
Turbo Man stuff is really funny. I think the fact that Arnold is so bad in this makes the movie better. Yeah, I mean... Like, if he was competent in this, it wouldn't be as good. However, Sinbad is also not good in this, and I wish he was better. Or worse. Yeah, Sinbad's character is just... It's Sinbad. Like, if you know Sinbad, it's just kind of he's doing Sinbad's thing. And it's... It's not, it's not for us. It's also Arnold and Sinbad have like no chemistry. <laughs> no, they don't. Nobody has chemistry with anyone. In or this comedic movie. timing. <laughs> yeah. And it's weird because often in movies you can edit comedic timing, you know, <laughs> but like there are like gaps in their jokes and dialogue that like you could have just edited out. <laughs> And, like, there's moments where there's just, like, dead air. Like, where someone should have, like, shout cut. (laughs) It almost feels like there should have been a laugh track in this movie, you know? You know, yeah. I think that would have, like, I'm not pro laugh track, but I think that would have maybe helped a little bit. (laughs) Can you imagine going to the movies and there being a laugh track for this Arnold Sinbad movie? I think that'd be pretty meta. I'd be into it. Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't think it's very good. It's a pointless movie that doesn't need to be made. But I want to double down on the fact that the Turbo Man stuff worked. It's very Power Rangers. Like, clearly, Turbo Man has a lot of Power Rangers influence. So it's very nostalgic for me as, like, a 90s kid, you Mm -hmm. know? Those early 90s superhero, like, toys, lore was a very big part of the culture. Yeah. And I was into that. Also, Mm -hmm. definitely a Christmas movie. It all happens, like, basically... On Christmas Eve. Yeah, on Christmas Eve. The thing, too, is that it happens in real time. Like, it seems like... like... Yeah, it is all just on the first eight hours of Christmas Eve. Yeah, and we watch those eight hours. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's interesting, too, because this is a Christmas movie, and it's usually when something happens on Christmas Eve, it is very Christmas Eve night-focused. But this is, like... During the day in like a gray, gloomy Minnesota. (laughs) (laughs) And like the snow was kind of melting in the movie. The thing is, it's not even like during the day. Because like when do Christmas parades happen? Like at 11 (laughs) a.m.? So this this happens from like 8 to noon. (laughs) Also, who's had... I know Minnesota. We went to a Christmas parade in Minnesota. And it was on like November 15th. (laughs) No one in Minnesota or the Twin Cities is banking on having a Christmas parade on Christmas Eve. This parade should have happened a month before this date. Yeah. If not sooner. Yeah. So those are my notes. How about you? Uh, You know, I kind of threw my notes in a little bit as we went along. But this movie was just a long montage of him looking for this toy. Mm. And I thought it was interesting that this isn't a real toy. Like, this isn't, like, product a product placement movie for this toy. Yeah, that is true. You know? They also kept ragging on Turbo Man's, like, sidekicks. They were like, oh, we've got this doll, and it's, like, some purple... Turbo friend. Turbo friend. Like, we're supposed to know the lore. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're like, uh, classic, classic Turbo Man's friend. He's purple. It's like, oh, we couldn't get the Ronald McDonald toy, but we got this Grimace right here for you if you want him. Alrighty. Well, you told me that you had a surprise game planned for me. Yeah. So one of the things I noticed about this film and Deck the Halls Mm -hmm. is that they're both parts of song lyrics. And there's a theme of Christmas movies that are just song lyric titles. Okay, yeah. And 
So right, I, there's no jingling. Like, the title has nothing to do with this movie. Yeah, so Deck the Halls barely... The only reason that it's called Deck the Halls is because... The Halls family. One of the family's names is the Halls. There's no reason for this movie to be named Jingle All the Way. Yeah. So I wanted to see what other movies were out there <laughs> that had song lyric titles. Okay. So what I did was I went through and I found some movies that have song lyrics as titles. Okay. Now this is, I want to point out and give credit, this is sort of a ripoff of uh, My Brother, My Brother and Me bit they do sometimes yes. around Christmas. And so what I did is I have three movies here for you. Okay. One of them is fake. Oh, two, one of them is fake. Two of them are real. Okay. And I have descriptions for all three. And I want to see if you can figure out which ones are real and which one is fake. You know, I I had Dan not tell me what this game was because I thought that uh, I didn't want to know ahead of time because then I would think about it all the time. But I, I would not have been able to, think, to ruminate on this. Yeah, well, because I wouldn't have even given you the movies. Right, exactly. It wouldn't have been like a Santa draft where you just spring that on something. I sprung that on myself. I don't believe it. <laughs> Anyway, so I'm going to give you three movies. Okay. You should know these are also like Hallmarky movies. Oh, good. Okay, so they're not going to be movies that I know on their own accord. No. Okay. Movie number one is called Silver Bells. Mmm, strong. Every year, widower Christy Byrne travels from Canada with his children to sell their homegrown Christmas trees in New York City. His teenage son isn't into his father's business but instead has a true passion for photography. While in New York, his son runs away, leaving Christy and his 12-year-old daughter to return home without him. At the same time in that New York neighborhood, Catherine hasn't celebrated Christmas since the year her husband died. What New York neighborhood? <laughs> While Christy is back in Nova Scotia with Bridget, his daughter, Catherine pays Danny for photographs that he takes and puts them in the newspaper. Catherine, what newspaper? Catherine runs into Christy a year later, but does she tell him about her run-ins with Danny? Hold on. <laughs> That's the synopsis to Silver Bells. Wait, 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 wait. Back up, back up, back up. I need to get some main points here. Where's Christy from originally? New Christy's from Nova Scotia. Canada. Okay. And Christy Burns? Christy Burns. Okay. And he has two children. He's a widower. Yep. There's Danny and... Bridget. Bridget. Okay. Danny wants to become a photographer and he runs away in New York City. Baby, <laughs> the information I have here is on this is on this notes app. I have no other research to tell you about All any right. of these movies. Okay. And then what what was the 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 woman's name who kidnapped Danny essentially? No, no, no. Catherine. Catherine. It just lives in the neighborhood. The that, neighborhood that they sell the Christmas trees in. Oh. And so she's like seemingly run into this man before selling christmas trees how old's danny like 12 teenager oh okay all right okay plausible so but why would that be called silver okay moving That's, on number again, two <laughs> we'll find out that's the name of the newspaper silver bells <laughs> All right, this is called Holly Jolly Christmas. Okay, I'm singing both of these songs at my Christmas concert. I'm probably singing the last one, too. Yeah. Holly Mayfield is a children's author in rural Colorado. <laughs> who writes... The tri-state area is the only place that exists. <laughs> <laughs> who writes books... Who writes children's books about the holidays. When one of her books makes it onto the New York Times bestseller list, a hotshot executive, Ted offers to buy the rights to her characters to make them into a Christmas movie. But after she discovers Ted isn't what he seems, Holly is left with some d difficult decisions to make about her beloved books and characters, and maybe even Ted. Huh. 
Someone from outside of New York City goes into New York City. Okay. Holly jolly Christmas. Mm-hmm. All right. And then let it snow. A self-defined Grinch, Stephanie is a hotel executive visiting a lodge her family owns in Maine. Oh, and she's from New York. (laughs) As she begins her stay at Snow Valley Lodge, she is immune to the Christmas feelings. But as the lodge's festive traditions provide... I think I saw this one. Didn't we see this one? I don't know. I think we saw this one. Provide the Christmas Stephanie never had growing up with her distant We saw this one when we were in Orlando in that very haunted inn. Go on. Sorry. I'm not paying attention. Go ahead. But as the Lodge's festive traditions provide Stephanie the Christmas she never had growing up with her distant father, she begins to discover a Christmas spirit that she never knew she had. That's the description that you got? Yeah. They put two begins in one sentence? (laughs) Yeah. suspicious two of those are real movies and one of them is not real the first one sounds absolutely batshit insane (laughs) i want that one to not be the real one but i think it is i think that's a real one for me it's between two and three mostly because of the two of the fact that begins is twice in that last sentence did a copywriter not look at that or is that a dan takaki flub (laughs) who's to say (laughs) who is to say what was the name of the second one a holly jolly christmas and a hotshot exec wants to buy her characters? What yeah. kind of books does she write? She writes children's Christmas books, and she want, he wants to turn them into a Christmas movie. I think that one's the fake one. You think that one's the fake one? <laughs> I think that or the third one, but I'm going to go with that one. Yes, the second one is the fake one. Yay! Holly, I knew it. Holly Jolly Christmas is not real. So you're telling me that the third one, they put two begins and no copywriter looked at that? As someone who does a lot of copywriting, that... That was copied from the Hallmark website. Oh my goodness. I can't... We have to watch all three now. The thing is, is Holly Jolly Christmas... I mean, not all three. <laughs> the thing is, though, is like that one does exist somewhere. You know, like yeah. it might not be called Holly Jolly Christmas, yeah. but it's something like that. Yeah. You want to learn some fun facts? <laughs> I think I gave you all the fun facts you need. But uh, yeah, tell me about Jingle All the Way. So the world premiere was held on November 16th, 1996 at the Mall of America. Oh, yeah, there's movie theaters there. Yeah. I'd- world premiere (laughs) yeah the world premiere of jingle all the way was held at the mall of america in bloomington yeah i didn't realize this would have a worldwide audience yeah most movies do i know most american movies do i know it just it doesn't seem worthy of a world premiere It was 1996. What else was going on? Literally nothing. The Chicago Bulls and their their dynastic run. Was I in this country yet? Yeah, I'd been in this country for a couple months. A day of events was held to celebrate the film's release and Arnold Schwarzenegger donated memorabilia from the film to the mall's Planet Hollywood. Oh, I didn't realize Mall of America had their own Planet Hollywood. Yeah. Now, we got another favorite segment of the pod. What did Chris Columbus have to do with this? (laughs) Oh, yeah, this is one of his things. 1492 Productions. I remember seeing that. Chris Columbus is a a friend of the pod. Uh, Chris Columbus is... He's he's a co-producer. We should start giving him producer credits for our podcast. Executive producer Chris Columbus. Yeah. Producer Chris Columbus wanted Joe Pesci to play Myron. Oh, my God. It would have been so good. Yeah, that was Sinbad's role. But he was deemed too short. At five foot three. Okay, if Danny DeVito can play Arnold Schwarzenegger's twin brother yep. in the movie Twins, yep. 
Joe Pesci can put on some some lifts. Yeah, so next to Arnold, who is only six foot two. I would think he was taller than that. It's because he's he's so bulky. Yeah, but he's not that tall. No, I mean like... Like me wearing shoes is 6'2". Yeah. I'm not even wearing heels and I'm 6'2". I'm unimpressed. He had previously appeared in two other films with Danny DeVito, who is even shorter. Yeah. So I don't understand why Joe Pesci didn't book. Maybe he didn't want it. Are you ready for the least surprising fact about this movie? Sinbad improvised the majority of his lines. Yeah, no, I got that. (laughs) I got that from his Rodney King joke. Yeah. Yeah. It's not great. Arnold also improvised many of his responses in his conversations with him. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Which is why it was so awkward. Nice one, Myron. It's a good joke. The story is based on the 1980s shopping frenzy over Cabbage Patch dolls. Oh, yeah, that... Makes sense. But it ended up perfectly mimicking the Tickle Me Elmo craze of that Christmas in 1996. Oh, Tickle Me Elmo. We've covered it on the pod before on our Elmo episode. Yeah, go listen back if you want to learn about it. Yeah. Do you want to hear a fun Minnesota fact? Always. Filming took place in Minnesota for a cool five weeks (laughs) from April 15, 1996. And then they just released it that November. This movie took no time to make at all. Well, it's because they didn't edit it. (laughs) At the time, it was the largest production to ever take place in Minnesota. (laughs) It's pretty rough for Minnesota. They got a small shooting window, you know? It's it's understandable. Yeah. This is a really wild ride of a fact. In March 2001, a U.S. District Court jury in Birmingham, Michigan ruled that 20th Century Fox stole the script idea from Detroit high school biology teacher Brian Webster. Oh. The studio was ordered to pay $19 million, later reduced to $1.5 million. It's a big reduction. It's a big reduction. <laughs> Webster submitted the script called Could This Be Christmas to the studio in 1994 and mm. never received payment nor credit despite the film making $129 million worldwide. Wow. The studio appealed, claiming Webster's script was submitted after they had purchased a treatment of what would become this movie's script, and the verdict was reversed. Wow. Terrible. Wild. Official Turbo Man action figures have been released. Oh. Tiger Electronics released a 13.5-inch figure in 1996, which has become a rare collector's item. Yeah, that's the thing. When they showed this toy, finally, in the movie, it was big. Yeah, it's huge. It's extremely large because they showed arnold holding it and i was like is that the size of the toy they're looking for (laughs) that's ginormous the turbo man television show that jamie watches is supposed to be a parody of mighty Morphin power rangers yeah that was pretty obvious it was that same same style arnold was paid 20 million dollars for this role that sounds right that sounds like he was probably a quarter of their budget a reminder that bruce willis was paid five million for die hard which at the time was the record wow really yeah that's crazy yeah so arnold was paid more for this movie than bruce was paid for the first die hard well, they everybody loves christmas movies <laughs> so You should know this through Uh, basic deduction. Sure. Turbo Man's red suit was modeled after which superhero? Batman. No. Superman. Red suit. Spider-Man. Your favorite superhero. The Flash. Yes. (laughs) 
honestly, I would have. My actual guess was going to be Iron Man because he looks like Iron Man. He doesn't look like the Flash at all. He looks like Iron Man and has very similar things to Iron Man. I don't know why he'd be based off the Flash. Well, he was. Oh, that's surprising. I was mostly, guys, I was doing jokes before, but I thought it was, I actually thought it was Iron Man. So that's, that is surprising that he's based off of the Flash. I guess just because he's red. Yeah. And and my last fun fact is that Tim Allen was considered for the role of Howard. <sighs> <laughs> Okay, in a universe, though, where Tim Allen is in this movie and then Arnold Schwarzenegger is in the Santa Claus, would have been good. One of them would have been a trilogy and one of them wouldn't. It's true. Tim Allen sucks. Not that Arnold's so great, but like... He was around in the 90s a lot. (laughs) So yeah, that makes sense. And those are my fun facts. I love it. I love the fun facts. They're my favorite. Thanks. Alrighty, folks, as we do every episode, it's time for our definitive rankings of this movie. As is tradition, we base our rankings around the 12 days of Christmas. So, out of 12 days of Christmas, I am fascinated to know what you would rate Jingle All the Way. I am going to give Jingle All the Way four calling birds. Wow, four calling birds. Yeah. Is it all for Turbo Man? Yeah. You know, I I didn't ha- I didn't I didn't hate this movie. Yeah, I didn't hate it. I don't remember it. At you know, all. I remember this movie more than other movies we've watched, which is so surprising. Like I don't remember the animated Grinch movie we saw. I couldn't tell you what happens in that movie. Anyway, I'm giving this movie what did I say? Four calling birds. Yeah. How about you? I'm gonna go ahead and give this one three French hens. <gasps> wee wee wee. Wee wee wee. That's what all the hens say. All, wee, all wee, the way wee, home. Wee, wee. <laughs> You know, until you said the name Jingle All the Way just now, I forgot it was called Jingle All the Way. Yeah, well. And like I'm I was saying, our outline. This is this is a really forgettable movie. Sure. You know, after we put out this episode and move on to our next one, I don't think I'll ever think about this movie again. Oh, I'll think about it. Well, I I value your three French hens. Thank you. The three are all for the Turbo Man part at the end. Yeah. The rest of it is just like, like I said, it's a montage of him running around and making up excuses. Well, aren't to... you going to give one to the Mall of America and to Minnesota? You love Minnesota. I do. But when the movie opened, we thought it was in D.C. <laughs> We didn't talk about that. We oh, When the movie opened, we thought this movie took place in well, D.C. because he's driving in something that looked just like the Beltway. Yeah. And we were like, is this D.C.? It was very unclear until, like, they got to the Mall of America that this was definitively Minnesota. Yeah. Honestly, not the greatest representation of Minnesota. Sure. Seven birds total. Seven, seven birds, all for Arnold's protein intake. Thank you so much for listening. We are only 44 days away from Christmas. Shit, I need to do my Christmas shopping. That's why I was asking what you wanted oh. earlier. <laughs> yeah, right before we recorded, I was like, what do you want for Christmas? And I'm like, what it, we're about to record. And we hope to spread as much Christmas spirit as possible. So please share this with your friends if they're not already listening. Join us next week as we take a look back at a newer Netflix original Christmas movie that we've never seen and we're actually about to go watch right now. Klaus. Klaus. And as we say every episode, Merry Merry Christmas. Christmas.